0: You're listening to Comedy Central. January 17, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition.
1: I could not be a bigger fan. You've seen him in everything from Iron Man to House of Lies, and tonight he's here to talk about his new Showtime series, Black Monday. Don Cheadle is here, everybody. (laughs) But first... but first, we've got to get into the news. And look, guys, I'm not gonna lie. There is just too much news today. (laughs) How much news is there? What's that? Well, there's so much news that we don't have enough time for it. Luckily, not enough time is just enough time for our segment. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Collusion. It's the big question about the Trump campaign and Russia. But one place where there's definitely no collusion is between Rudy Giuliani's
0: brain and his mouth. (laughs) In a new interview, the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, says he cannot say if Trump campaign officials colluded with Russia during the 2016 campaign.
1: False reporting is saying that there has been no suggestion of any kind of collusion between the campaign and any Russians. Well, it's... you just
0: misstated my position. I never said there was no collusion between the campaign or between people in the campaign. Yes, you I have, have no idea if... Th- I have not. I said the you... president of the United States. Wait. Wait.
1: Hold on, hold on. Did Giuliani just admit that there was collusion? I-I think he did. And look at their faces. Like, (laughs) neither of them can believe what just happened. (laughs) Like, like, Cuomo looks like a valedictorian caveman, and Giuliani looks like if Gollum realized he just left his wallet in an Uber. He's just like, (laughs) my precious. (laughs) So after months of saying there's no collusion, now Giuliani is saying there might be collusion not by Trump, but by Trump's campaign. And I'll be honest, I don't know why Trump keeps letting Giuliani go on TV to represent him. Like, because it feels like every time he goes on, it just causes more trouble. Unless... unless that's the point. Maybe the master plan is to keep creating so many new scandals that Robert Mueller can never finish his investigation. Yeah. (laughs) Every time Mueller's like, well, I'm just about ready to wrap this thing up, Giuliani's like, I hope no one finds out that Vladimir Putin is secretly Trump's father. And mother's like, ah, two more years, two more years. Now, look, we could spend all day playing you clips of Trump denying that there was any collusion whatsoever. But we don't have the time to enjoy busting Trump, because another one of his minions has been busted for some other shady shit.
0: Breaking news on these two bombshell reports. President Trump, uh, first, his former fixer and personal attorney Michael Cohen just admitted to paying to manipulate polling data before the 2016 presidential election. Now, according to The Wall Street Journal, Cohen paid using a Walmart bag full of cash that could break campaign finance laws. And Cohen says he did this at the direction and for the sole benefit of the president of the United States.
1: A Walmart bag full of cash? (laughs) This is such a strange story, and it's crazy that Michael Cohen was rigging polls for Trump while Trump was out there complaining that the polls were rigged. (laughs) You realize this is proof, again, that whenever Trump accuses anyone of doing something wrong, he's actually just talking about himself. He's like, the polls are rigged, folks. And also, Hillary's very disappointed that her sons look like pervy vampires. (laughs) And now, look, on a normal day, on a normal day, we would spend forever on the idiots that work for the Trump campaign. But there's no time, because it turns out that we, or maybe the real idiots... You know that, the, the ten-year challenge? Yeah? You know the thing online? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Well, it turns out that tech companies could now use this to enhance their facial recognition technology. Yeah, we have basically helped the robots track us. And you might think memes like the ten-year challenge and the twinning app are cute and fun, but it turns out there's a real sinister side to them. And please, trust me, I know.
0: The twinning... You're familiar with this whole twinning thing. Right? You put your face on there, and then it finds a celebrity that you look... Most likely. So, they did us, too, apparently. Yes? Oh, so they did oh, oh. us. And, and it kind of ranks oh, it percentage-wise. Okay. Uh, so, Chuckster... Nervous. Chuckster's up for oh, a share of the pop sugar. 79% say so you look like Charles Barkley. That's funny. Trevor, Trevor that, Noah. Nah, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, no. Marco, Marco Ru- Rubio. You look like more <laughs> Rocco Rubio than yourself. <laughs> yeah, funny. Trevor, Trevor Noah. You and I both look <laughs> like Trevor
1: Noah. Okay, what? <laughs> this is just... I know I'm half black, half white, but this is ridiculous. This is... <laughs> Like, according to this app, I'm the love child of Charles Barkley and that white dude's bow tie. I don't even understand (laughs) what this is. Do you understand what a disaster this is for me, right? You realize that robots think that I look like everyone. That means in the future, I will get arrested for everyone else's crimes. And it also means that I can never date a robot, all right? Yeah, because I'll be like, I can't believe you cheated on me with Charles Barkley. And the robot will be like, sorry, I was 59% sure it was you, baby. To make it up to you, you can put it in my other socket tonight. <laughs> oh, and speaking of look the USB port, and speaking of look-alikes, <laughs> it turns out Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he might want to ask his dad if he ever made a secret trip to Afghanistan.
0: Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has a look-alike, and it took a talent show halfway around the world to find him. Just so you know, Trudeau, he's the one on the left. On the right is Abdul Maftoon. He is a wedding singer in Afghanistan. And, uh, here he is in action. Okay,
1: Okay, this... this is... this is just weird. All right, on the one hand, I'm 50% certain that that is not Justin Trudeau. (laughs) But... On the other hand, after he took that trip to India and basically became Indian, <laughs> you can never be sure anymore. <laughs> and you know what? We-we can actually find out for sure if it's him. All we have to do is put the Afghan singer into the Face Match app, and we see if there's a match... That... Oh, God damn it, man! <laughs> Come on! Now, look, I'm going It would be great to mess around with who looks like who and talk more about the problems technology is creating, but we don't have the time, because it turns out that big tech is also
0: solving them. Microsoft is pledging some big money to tackle homelessness in Seattle. Microsoft announced a $500 million commitment to preserve existing affordable housing and spur construction of new units. $25 million of that will go toward philanthropic grants to address homelessness in the area. Yes, it turns out the
1: mega corporation that brought us windows has now decided to add doors and roofs as well. <laughs> but. But seriously, kudos to Microsoft for stepping up to help people struggling with housing, right? At the same time, you also know that the system is broken when corporations have to step in and do the government's job, you know? Like, corporations are basically like, uh, we're winning too hard. <laughs> you know what this is like? It's like in Monopoly, right? I do this when I'll be crushing so hard that I just start giving people money. I'll just be like, ah, right, here, 200 for everyone, 200, 200, 200, 200. Yeah, because it's not fun if everyone around me is in jail. And look. Look, with more time, we could delve into whether or not corporations have a responsibility to alleviate the societal problems that they contribute to, but we just don't have the time. Because there's one story we have to make time for. It is now day 27 of the longest shutdown in American history. Funding for low-income housing is in danger. School lunches are facing cutbacks. And things have gotten so bad that Air Force One is now being operated by Spirit Airlines. (laughs) Poor Melania. She always pays for Trump's sins. Look at her. She's like, this is not best. Anyway, (laughs) as you know, 800,000 government employees have not been paid. Right? The U.S. economy is at risk of sliding into recession. And now, even most concerning, the shutdown is even affecting the world of hip-hop.
0: Native Bronxite Cardi B now weighing in on the government shutdown.
2: Hey, y'all. I just want to remind y'all, because it's been a little bit over three weeks, okay? It's been a little bit over three weeks. Trump is now ordering, as in summoning, federal government workers to go back to work without getting paid. I know a lot of y'all don't care because y'all don't work for the government or y'all probably don't even have a job, but this shit is really serious, bro. I feel like we need to take some action. I don't know what type of action, bitch, because... This is not what I do, but, (laughs) bitch, I'm scared.
1: That is the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) That is so dope. Like, how cool would it be if Cardi B somehow ended the shutdown, right? (laughs) Like, we find out that Trump is a major fan because Bodak Yellow is his favorite song (laughs) and also the color of his hair. Like, that would be so insane. And I will say this. If there's one woman who Trump won't end the shutdown for, It's Nancy P. Because a couple of days ago, she wrote a letter asking him to postpone his State of the Union address, right, in light of the government shutdown. And after two days learning how to write, I assume, the president (laughs) wrote a letter back.
0: President Trump moments ago cancelling House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's overseas trip to Brussels, Uh, Egypt and the war zone that is Afghanistan hours before the speaker and her congressional delegation were set to leave, uh, saying in part, quote, in light of the 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I am sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. He goes on to write, obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative.
1: Ooh. You can feel Trump said it like it's the worst thing he could think of. If you want to fly commercial, ah! That's hardcore, though, right? <laughs> Canceling her flight right before she's about to take off. That's like the complete opposite of a romantic comedy. Like, I imagine Trump ran through the airport, like, Nancy, Nancy, wait, Nancy, <laughs> there's something I have to tell you. And Pelosi was like, Yes, Donald's, like, Nancy, get the f <laughs> off the plane. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, To be fair to Trump, Nancy Pelosi's letter was a little bit snarky, right? But it's crazy that Trump's GPS never takes him onto the high road, right? Because he's just like, okay, Nancy, you want to play where you're messing with the queen bitch now? (laughs) But look, Cardi B is right. Something needs to be done. Because the government is not doing its job right now. And everyday citizens
0: have decided to step up. As the shutdown drags on, some are getting desperate. Hundreds of furloughed federal workers turning to GoFundMe, pleading for help to pay the bills. Some are dipping into their savings. They're relying on credit cards, even setting up GoFundMe pages. The National Park Foundation has launched a campaign to collect emergency funds. About 1,800 campaigns are raising money to help with rent, groceries, student loans, and more.
1: Yes, government workers are being forced to use GoFundMe to try and make ends meet. For more on how people are coping with the shutdown, we turn to a man who gets shut down at bars all the time. Michael Costa, everybody. Thank you. People, are... people are using crowdfunding to survive. Yeah. All right. Some government workers are even raising money to help take care of
0: national parks. Wh- yeah. What do you make of this? Well, I-, I think it's great, especially about the parks. I leave a lot of trash there on the weekends. Oh, I didn't know that you go camping. No, I don't. I just take my trash there. I mean <laughs> why, where do you put yours? On the curb where a lawyer could find it? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you cracked me up. <laughs> I'm all for crowdfunding to help people during the shutdown because I love helping people. And more than that, I love playing God. You know, sure Coast Guard firefighter, I'll throw you a hundo, but Not you, TSA Inspector. Not until I get my prescription shampoo back. (laughs) I picked up something pretty nasty when I was throwing my garbage in the woods. You know what I'm talking about, right? No. Um... uh,
1: Look, federal workers shouldn't have to depend on charity to do their jobs. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's
0: right. I mean, it's nice that people are stepping up, but this isn't sustainable. Well, it could be sustainable, Trevor. If everybody just donated to the services that they cared about, then we wouldn't even need government. Worried about national security? Donate to the military. You want to help kids? I don't, but give to education. (laughs) Want to support a handsome, high-quality entertainer? You can send me money on Venmo. I'm Michael Costa the Comedian Dash 4. Dash 4? So there's three other Michael
1: Costa the Comedians on Venmo? They're all me. I just keep forgetting my password. Ah, I see. Okay, but-but, Michael, here's the thing. Widespread charity can't fix government's issues because you can't guarantee that you'll have enough money to pay for everything that you need. Okay. So what if some
0: people don't want to contribute? Well, don't get your dimples in a twist T-bone, <laughs> okay? <laughs> we'll make a rule. Everybody has to give at least a little something based on their income. Uh-huh. And and so so we require people to donate money, yep. but how do we know it's going to the right places? Man, you sure do love questions, huh? I'll t- <laughs> I'll tell you what. We'll hire people to figure out where all the donation money should go, and then I don't have to think about it. Any other issues, Trevor Nocasio-Cortez? Yeah, I just, I just have
1: one more. I just have one more. Okay, deciding where the money goes is a big responsibility, so how do
0: we decide who'd be in charge of it all? It's easy. We-we ask the public who they want in charge, and then whoever gets the most picks gets the job. And then every few years, we ask again. Michael, you-you realize you're describing a government. I... If-if that's what you want to call it, then let's try this government thing, and worst-case scenario, if it doesn't work, we'll shut it down. That's where we... Michael Costa. everyone. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a filmmaker and a Golden Globe Award-winning actor who executive produces and stars in the new Showtime series, Black Monday. Don (laughs) Cheadle! Great man! Thank you so much for being on the I'm show. So
2: glad to be here. Uh,
1: I've been a fan of yours since forever, and you are back at it again with a brand new show, Black Monday. Yes. And this show is is about the single biggest stock market crash in American
2: history. Yeah, and and the uh, you know, ostensibly the group that made a trade that was so toxic that it triggered it. Right. So. Oops. What's interesting
1: is you you always find a way to make stories about like topics that wouldn't necessarily seem entertaining, but you really make them entertaining. Like, House of Lies was a similar thing. It was like, well, how are you gonna make consultancy sexy? But Mm. it was a really great show that I wanted to watch every single
2: week. (laughs) Black
1: Monday seems like the same thing, and there's a lot of cocaine.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of cocaine, which I think fueled uh, almost all the decisions from the 1980s. Right. All of my decisions. <laughs> <later>. <laughs> but, but but what's great about this show is
1: it it has a bit of a twist, right? You have this company that is run by you know your character yeah. Mo, and we saw in the clip there, Mo is is running this company that's that's really not what we would consider to be a Wall Street firm. Yes. Because of how diverse it is, really.
2: Yeah, and he has a big chip on his shoulder about that, you know. But it it really does look at you know, where we have come and how far we have or have not come in that time period, and seeing a lot of the similarities and a lot of the things that we continue to see. I mean, the volatility in the market that we've just been witnessing and the whims and and, and how that works. It's, It's something that we... these themes we keep bringing back, and it's a lot of fun to skewer and play with the 80s, the music, the style. I mean, you see the clothes. It's, it's just a lot of stuff to send up. Well, what I love
1: is your character is a man of pure excess in the show. Absolutely. Like, he's just like, yo, I'm making money and I'm spending it as fast as I can, burning right. through the cash. One of my favorite lines I- in the show is when, when he's got the, the, the Lamborghini limousine. <laughs> that's right. And someone's basically like, so so none of the, the, the comfort of a limousine and none of, like, the functionality of it, right. like, none of the speed of a Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah. It's just
2: like the worst of both yeah, worlds. He's like, but it costs twice as much as both. So exactly, Right. And then gets mad, It's like, you're not a car guy. Because you're, <laughs> because you're so thoughtful in real life, yeah. do
1: you enjoy playing ignorant characters?
2: I absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um... And it's kind of fun to play people who have really no governor switch. Right. You know I mean? Right. The guy, you don't know where he's gonna go moment to moment. I don't think he knows where he's gonna go moment to moment. And he's really just kinetic and pinballing off of everybody else, and it's... it is a lot of fun to play people who you're like, that dude's a maniac.
1: When you... <laughs> When you look at what your, your your character's doing in the show and when you look at some of the storylines, you know, it's based in the 80s. mm mm-hmm. It's about Wall Street. And yet, when I was watching it, I was like, this seems like it could be about today, you know? S- Similar things that happen in the office, whether it be about race relations. There's, yeah. there's a whole episode where people have to go for, you know, uh, harassment, sexual harassment yeah. training, and you're like, wow, that that hasn't changed much yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Was it was it a bit surreal for you to be doing something
2: that was so old and yet have it still feel so contemporary? Uh, that was that was the fun of the show, is to find ways to reflect and and refer to the past. and right. The jokes in it are, I mean, every day we were like, can we say that? I mean, it's really too far. It's like if The Family Guy was. R-rated, so you can wow. imagine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if they could say whatever they wanted, that's what
1: this show is. That 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 is insane. It's a it's a fun show to watch, and honestly, I mean, I've always loved you as an actor. But one thing I've really enjoyed learning about you is. I guess, all your passions that you have outside of acting. Mm. You know, uh, you know, some people know you as a poker player, some people know you as a watch guy. Um, one thing that I didn't know about you is how passionate you are about politics. Mm. You know, I, like, on your Twitter handle, I'll, I'll read it correctly, your, your avatar is a photo of a seven-year-old, um, from Guatemala who died while in U.S. custody, and your bio says, you are a single issue Democratic voter in 2020. That's a powerful statement, but what does that mean?
2: It means whoever can win. That's my single issue in 2020. Right. <laughs> you know? Who... who can beat this dude? You know, who can beat this dude? Because right. I think that's something... And, I, and what's amazing is we're in 2019 now, and I don't know who the front-runner is. I don't think I could say definitively who I think the person in who has who risen to the top that, that can do it. Well, it's all of them.
1: It's, the, it's a, well, like a tag-team thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Like, seven presidents versus you. <laughs> Let's
1: go. <laughs> But-but-but it it is an interesting time to be an entertainer engaged in politics. You know, one thing you've always done is you-you've stayed in your lane whilst maintaining your integrity. It doesn't feel like you do it because it's fashionable or not. I mean, you-you've been in activism for a long time. You know, for instance, in Sudan. Mm -hmm. You-you know, a cause that's close to your heart, talking about what's happening there, as a climate activist as well. What made you want to start all of these projects, and-and what do you hope to achieve?
2: Well, you know, the-the stuff with Sudan and the stuff with, um, Darfur, that was really something that came out of my experience with Hotel Rwanda. Right. And, um, I was asked to accompany a congressional delegation to the region and see for myself what was happening and, and help bring attention to it, um, with some people in the administration at that time that were trying to raise awareness about what was happening. And they said, we think that Rwanda is a good reference. It's a good framing reference for people to, to get an idea of what's happening here in right, Darfur. Right, right. So I accompanied them and we went to Chad and uh, we actually snuck into Darfur and got to uh, see what had happened with the Janjaweed. Had just been in there and, and raided a camp and things were still smoldering when we came in. Wow! And, you know, once you leave there and you meet the, the people that are working there and the NGOs that are risking their lives daily to help the people there, and someone says, well, can you help us? Can you continue to help us? You know, it's kind of hard to say, nope, I saw it and I'm good. I'm, you know, wiping my hands of it. Right. It's like, well, how can I help? And when you ask that question, how can I help, the floodgates open and everyone who's had a difficult time getting in the light, you know, we're here, we have a mic put in front of us, people want to interview us, people want to talk to us, and they can't get in the light. They can't seem to, to, to find any sort of, uh, you know, foothold. So, when you have the ability to kind of pass the torch and say, no, look at them. Yes, I know you want to talk to me, but look at them. These, this is what these people right, are doing. Right, right. That's how you want to use the platform. It's a powerful platform that you use every day. I appreciate you for what you do both on and off screen.
1: Thank you, man. A huge fan of yours. Thank you so much for being on the show. Black Monday premieres January 20th at 10 p.m. on Showtime. Don Cheadle, everybody.
0: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com.